Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weeknights. I'm Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. We got the host, as always, Chancellor Brewington, to my left. And as always, if you guys ever want to join the show, Sarter, Heyman, text line 402-464-5685, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Allo, Channel 961. Uh, it's been a crazy NFL wildcard weekend already. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Eagles on the TV right now as the Eagles are, maybe it's not a surprise to you, but are currently struggling. They are down. Um, and uh, Chance of Brinkton, what was the final score? What was the last time? Was it 13 to 7 or 30 or 6? I'm not sure. I think they got a one-score lead right now. We'll give you the update as soon as they give us the score back. Uh, but at one point in time, they're leading a strong 10-0. to zero. And as they continue here, maybe if they ever decide to give us the actual scoreboard, man, they really don't want to give it. Well, nonetheless, I know Tampa Bay Buccaneers are up two scores here. It's Baker Mayfield scrambling in the backfield. Uh, he's going to throw it up there. Oh, Just overshot his guy. But let's go ahead and talk about these NFL playoffs. Um, you can call the Texans-Browns game an upset. That one's a little different storyline. Obviously, the Packers-Cowboys, the most surprising out of all of them, in most people's eyes. Out of the NFL wildcard games, which one do you want to start at, though? Um, I mean, I, I guess the the talk of the week was how the Cowboys perform. Yeah. Just just another rough year to be a Cowboys fan. Were yeah. you surprised at all? By, I mean, it was, it was pretty much over by the end of the first half. Yeah, I mean, it was just tough. It was tough, you know. Um, People criticize Dak, but he was playing. He was playing good before that, you know. So um, it's kind of tough to to say, oh, well, Dak isn't this, Dak isn't that. Um, you know, it's any given Sunday. I think, like uh, I heard uh, you say with uh, uh, with Pearson. So I, yeah. I I don't really know what was the final score of the the Packers game. Yeah, final score forty eight to thirty two. The Cowboys. Yeah. You can call them some garbage time points. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, it was the like you said. I'm not really blaming Dak Prescott as much. I think 32 points. It's not a bad offensive night. I mean, right. you had 32. There's a little, little bit of context because there was some mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them points didn't really matter, and you know, pick six doesn't help though. Right, right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But with Dak Prescott, it does make you worry about his future and what they decide to do with him because that's a game where if you're Dak Prescott, you can't afford that that meltdown early. You know, I think that really broke the game open for him. You, you go down 7-0. Um, you're, you're pretty impressed. You get a pick six. Now you're down 14-0. Right. And it just gets ugly. Yeah. And it felt like the team kind of felt that it too. You saw a lot of heads down before the half was over. Yeah. Yeah. It was just tough to to be down 21-something. And, 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 and then, you know, you look back and you're like, damn, well, I, I got to get a stop here, a score. I get a stop here and a score. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just tough. And then looking at the next one, you got the Lions and the Rams. That um, one was fun. You yeah, the that Stafford, was fun game. Goff, yeah. meet back up. It yeah. felt like the Lions were doing everything they could not to choke at the end. Mm-hmm. I was worried there for Goff's own future because I'm like, man, you can't afford to lose this game to Stafford just for the right. sake of legacy. Um, but they are able to get it done. Lions win that one 24 to 23. Now looking at the Lions as they were the team to obviously clinch their division. How do you like the Lions faring as these playoffs continue? Yeah, I think they have a very strong pass game. Um, it's very dynamic with the two backs, um, Swift and Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got uh what's the tight end's name? Is it no, it's uh it's Laporta. Yeah. So you got Laporta and Saint Saint Mont Saint Amon Saint Brown. Amon Saint Brown. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh 
uh, Reynolds and and they just have a, a dynamic um, uh, offensive um, cat catalog of of who you want to go to. And then of course you got um, a, a very solid defense with a very good front seven. Um, and and the DBs are playing good. Um, they're just playing good as a team. And special teams, they, you can tell there's like a there's a heart on special teams with the Lions. Like they they really take pride in special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really just a like oh you know special teams is up. It's like it's another core of of the football team. So that's that's awesome. That guys take pride in that. Yeah, and Dave Campbell definitely likes drawing those up on special teams. You can tell. Right. Um, and, you know, if you're being honest, it feels like not enough teams do that. It's a yeah. great way to go ahead and uh, add some extra tricks up your sleeve. But speaking of some of these Lions defensive players, did you ever have the opportunity to go up against Hutchinson when he was with Michigan? Yeah, I, I did a, a couple times. Um, the 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 one shootout, we not shootout, but the close game we yeah. had here with the... Um, with Adrian Martinez on the late yeah. whistle. I'm going to call it a late whistle. I think yeah, it was. with the late whistle. I just think... I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I, you know, but <laughs> no but, one did yeah, I, at the yeah. Memorial Stadium. Right, was ready. Those refs. This is a very nice city. Yeah, oh, that's the angriest I've seen the city in a while. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But I did have the opportunity to go against him. Great talent. Great talent. Um, my one of my uh, former teammates at Northern Arizona. He's actually on the uh, fifty-three on the line. So he's played in his first playoff game this past weekend. So uh, shout out to Khalil Dorsey um cornerback for the uh, lions also their return man and i don't know if you saw the fake punt yeah they threw it mm-hmm. uh, he was the one who caught it so oh that was him yeah he was one of the gunners yeah he was the gunner who caught it the one that threw the flag are we talking two weeks maybe ago? this is two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago where they took it back yeah ineligible man downfield oh was it ineligible man downfield yeah it was yeah it was a trick play that yeah. the refs knew it was being planned out right. it wasn't you break the tape down Come on. The best analyst in the world can't tell you why there was a penalty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the guy you're talking yeah. about. So yeah. sorry yeah. for him. That should have yeah. counted. 100 yeah. should have been yours. <laughs> it's, it's good film, though. Good film. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one thing. When you're looking at these former player coaches, and you got one in Dan Campbell. And speaking of another game we talked about, the Texans, they blow out the Browns 45 to 14. CJ Stroud has three touchdowns in that game. Uh, no turnovers as well. And that's former coach in D'Amico Ryan's. Do you think these former coaches or former player coaches have more to add than just your not saying that you can't ever do it if you've never played right. the game, but do you think guys like D'Amico Ryan's Campbell got a little more to add to the team in terms of garnering that leadership and just getting the team to play to a higher standard? Yeah, I think that that is a good point. They do um, add a different level of leadership. Um, I think there's a different level of respect when they say, hey, I know that especially, you know, preseason going going through the grind of football, mm-hmm. going through the body pains, the aches, the bruises, the the sprains, the soft tissue things, the mental grind, um, just knowing how that is, and and then and then them being able to relay that and and be an encouragement, but also be tough and and also ha- uh, know the structure of football, you know, because it's different when you're a player and you're like, okay, well, there's, there's a different structure as a player than as a coach. We, you just go through different things. You got to take care of your body. You got to make sure you're mentally fresh, all these different things. Uh, make sure you're caught up on the playbook. Make sure you know your job. And, you know, from a strictly coaching, not being able to, not as a player, um, there's sometimes a, a disconnect. Um, but some coaches are great at it. Some aren't. Um, so it's interesting um, to see how how the guys really rally for them. And I think I think there's just a different badge that you wear when you, you have played and then you coach. Yeah, I, I think I'm there with you. Yeah, because even as a fan, 
as someone obviously nowhere near college athletics, power five, let alone the NFL. But even as a fan, I see those guys a little differently. Yeah. I'm like, that just seems like a natural, it just, it seems like a natural fit. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't it work? That's a guy who's been there in your exact same shoes. So I do think there's a little bit of resurgence coming back there. Um, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see with so many of these coaching jobs now open, how these all pan out. Right. Uh, but let's stick to these NFL playoffs here. So in that Texans-Browns game, were you surprised at all to see C.J. Stroud? I, I'm just getting really impressed with this guy. Kind of the same level I'm getting with Jordan Love. These are two guys, I don't know what their ceiling is, but like they're already scary. And they only seem like they're going to get better. And mm. I'm already terrified to play either of them if my Bears were to play a Packers team or a Texans team in a playoff game. Those those just seem like teams with elite QBs already. Yeah, I think um, first starting off with Stroud, I think uh, he's done such a fantastic job of his poise um, going in there. And and it, and it I got to see, I got to hear an interview. I'm, I'm really not on social media much, but I just caught it on my phone. My mom loves to send me CJ Stroud stuff because he's very outspoken about his faith. And that's one thing. Um, yeah, him, Tua. There's been more and more people like that, yeah, which is good. Which is awesome. I think. I think just knowing that um, your gifts aren't 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 from you, and 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 sometimes we run to the, you know, we we can only do so much, and then you know, God's grace pushes us that last that last bit to where we can uh, we can reach our fullest potential, and 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 obviously be submitted to His plans for us, and the way He's able to just proclaim Jesus and. And what he's done for him and, and his own testimony. Um, that's big commending to him and um and and shout out to him. Um uh and also uh we were talking about Brock as well. Yeah, we, shout we, out we, Brock. We still have a, a a Brock story that we gotta tell. I forgot about yeah, that. I'm glad yeah. you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't forget about that. I'll tell the truth on it too. I'll tell the okay. truth on it. I won't I won't I won't I won't hold out anything, but but the same that same scenario with just speaking out on faith, I I I I give Brock his flowers, you know, and, and doing that as well. Cause every time he goes on an interview, there's there's one common theme that that he 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 acknowledged and he praises who put him in the position um to where he's at. And I think that's that's kind of what we're missing nowadays, especially with social media and and and, and the self-gratifying things, thinking that uh, our own might and our own uh strength will get us there. But ultimately it's God's grace that 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 does the the work for us that we can't even see. Um, so, so yeah, shout out to them. But back to CJ Stroud, I think he's very, very uh, poised. Like like I said, but his decision making is is fantastic, and and the mm -hmm. way he's able to uh, to to be accurate, but also very decisive in his throws. Um, I heard it, the interview I was talking about was he said that you know at Ohio State he had a little bit more. What was his exact word? He had a little bit more. I know, I know what you're referring to. He had more to learn, more or, or more responsibility. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he said more on his plate or more responsibility at Ohio State, mm -hmm. meaning like managing play calls, more uh, keys, reads, checks he had to make and stuff like that. Um, things he had to know in Ohio State's offense than the Texans offense. So that makes me think, OK, so are, is it going to open up a little bit more as as time goes on? Or is that just the offense, right? Mm -hmm. Is it is it them keeping it simple for the rookie, um, and letting him adjust to the game, which which is, that's the way it should be in in for rookie quarterbacks, in my opinion, of course. But um, just hearing that interview was like a like a light bulb went off. I'm like, oh well, I wonder if that's by design. Yeah, 
you know, because obviously he was a he was a he was a you know back to back starter at Ohio State. He could handle you know he could handle the backs protection, the O lines protections, blitz pickup, uh, ID and Mike's ID and uh, front side back side. Mm-hmm. He he could do all that because he's been in the system. But in the NFL, I I don't know if they're putting that all on his plate. And and also guys are pros now, so That's they have I'm to do they have to is. do it on their their own as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in college, you're like, oh my goodness, they're playing with a bunch <laughs> of guys that sometimes you gotta tell them what the route is, whatever. But in the NFL, everyone's pros. If you don't know your job, you're gonna get cut. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe that's the maybe we just solved it right there. It, it could be. It's yeah. also you know it's a hell of a recruiting pitch for Ohio State. I know that wasn't his yeah. intention, but now if you're, I will say, if you're a player hearing that, you're like, okay, so if I go to Ohio State, I'm definitely hearing NFL caliber stuff. Right. Like right. if he's saying that Ohio State was harder, I know like if I go to Ohio State, I will learn a lot about the game. But yeah, it could be something as simple as they're slowly releasing the playbook which does make sense in the sense that they didn't really need to get crazy. They're yeah. finding ways to win games. They just did it again. Um, and you're talking about his unselfishness. That's one thing about him. When you look at his stats, he doesn't target one guy. It was Collins last time, but for the most part, he's got multiple wide receivers and that's where you give him credit. He's just going to take whoever you give him. He yeah. doesn't really care. If you want to take away my best player, he's totally okay with just finding the right read. And yeah. it's, it's pretty consistent. He doesn't have a whole lot of turnovers. Kind of the same thing what we're seeing with Jordan Love. Um, it, it kills me as a Bears fan. I've been struggling dealing with this. You don't get to go from Favre to Rodgers to what could be love, but it seems like they're on that path right now. Jordan Love, he, he played incredible. You know, that was a team where I thought Packers, they would need to score 28 points. I wasn't wrong in that because Cowboys got 32, uh, but the Packers would get 48. They they did more and above to get to just 28 points. So with the Packers, as they beat the Cowboys, they move on in the playoffs. How realistic of a shot are you seeing these Packers and keeping this run alive? And on the second part of that question, just how impressed are you by Jordan Love? Yeah, I think starting with the Jordan Love thing, I think it goes back to who he was under um, for so many years. You know, he was he was with Aaron Rodgers in, in that system. You can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bitter about it. So that's yeah. the tone of voice, but that stupid back foot throw he does. Yeah. <laughs> it looks just like Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, and- off the back foot, on the money. It mm-hmm. just looks natural, casual. So you could only imagine what they were doing in Indy and 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 in in practice and and all the coaching points he got um, from you know the great Aaron Rodgers. So I think uh, just putting that into context and just even thinking about it, not even knowing the full story, I, I would say that played some part um, in it. I would uh, I would I would love to look just be in a film room with them and, and see all the pointers and all the things that that he took from uh, Aaron Rodgers because you can't be around a talent like that and not take something. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I know uh, from what I've heard, just interviews and whatever, um, knowing that that Aaron Rodgers one is one to give, isn't one to uh, to to hold for himself. Um, he's he's giving information to the young guys. Um, oh, six. So 16 bucks. Eagles nine. OK. Yep. Hmm. 16 nine. How how'd they get 16 was safety. They must have had a safety at one point in time. Okay, that's yeah. that's cool. That's I'm gonna cool. have to rewatch. This is a weird score. I think it was three Philadelphia wow. Eagle field goals, and then they must have had a safety. If you're listening out there, feel free to correct us. How they got the 16, very unique number. But I'll tell you what, Baker Mayfield, when he's feeling it, he might be one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch. I mean, he really is. I know we're talking about Jordan Love, but this is another guy. When Baker Mayfield's feeling good. Uh, that offense can just be a lot of fun to watch. And I do think, you know, with this performance, if he can get these guys this win past the Eagles, 
does this solidify his spot as a starter in the future for the Buccaneers? Or do you think they yeah. might move on still? No, I, I mean, I would maybe take a young guy and, or or something. But I I think if you win this game, if you win this game and, and you make it, let's say you get another win and you're in the, in the um, was this the wild AF- card round? Yeah, AFC wild card. Okay, if you're in the, if he goes to AFC championship game, what do you do? You 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 get rid of him? Yeah, no. And then your hands are tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's gonna be a sticky situation either way. Because I mean, so you're saying AFC championship game. So if he wins this one and then he makes it to the divisional, if he wins the divisional as well, you got to keep him. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. So who would he play? He would play. So if the Buccaneers win this game, oh, they get the wonderful opportunity of facing the San Francisco 49ers. So if oh, he be, if he beats them, yeah, it's his job. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he has like three interceptions and his running back carries the game, which if you're going to beat the 49ers, your quarterback isn't going to have three picks yeah. unless Brock Purdy's on the other side with three picks as well, which yeah. I'm not seeing. But I, we kind of got away from it. So Jordan Love, really impressed by him. They blow out the Dallas Cowboys. You could argue that game was over in the first half. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the chance to play Dan Campbell, Lions. We talked about them a little bit. This Packers-Lions, you got an NFC North matchup. Rivalry games are always kind of weird. They split the series in the regular season. Detroit beats them pretty handily the first time around. Thanksgiving game comes around. Lions a little surprised. That's kind of when the Packers flipped their season. Thanksgiving day to beat the Lions. Then they start making this run. Third matchup between these two in this season alone. Who do you like in this one? I'm going to stick with the Lions. I'm going to stick with the Lions. I just like that. I'm biased because I, I know a couple guys on the team, so I want them to win. Yep. Um, I want them to get that that playoff check. Um, but other than that, I mean, just looking at a, a team standpoint, the st- there's a bunch of stories in there. Um, of course, you got the golf story. Of course, you got the St. Brown story. Um, you got the Hutchinson story. You got there's a bunch of different stories, but of course, um, Packers have some as well. So I, it's just it's it's tough. It's tough. You know. I think it's. The- Anytime those rivalry games happen, I mean, you can even talk about that. Like, what is it with these rivalry games that even if it's Auburn, a terrible program for that year, mm-hmm. and Alabama, an elite program that made it to the college football championship game, it comes to a, a game-winning throw by oh, yeah. Milrow at the end. All right. That Auburn team had no place belonging, but sure enough, there they are. Right. Even Georgia, Alabama, and the SEC champion. I would argue I think Georgia was a much better team. They lose to Alabama. Mm-hmm. You see Thanksgiving, Lions, Packers. Lions are favored. Packers win. What is it about those rivalry games that whatever happens, they seem to play to each other's competition? I have I have no idea. I really do not know. I can just tell from personal experience. Um, it's just it's it's an in heightened awareness. I would say it's in heightened um, sense of urgency. Um, it's 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 sad sometimes to think about it that that it has to take a rivalry game for a team to get juiced up. Mm-hmm. You should be juiced up any given Saturday, every given, every, any given Sunday, just having the opportunity to play football, put some pads on to hit someone. So, um, but everyone's human. Everyone yeah. knows like when I was on the calendar, exactly. It feels a little different. Exactly. There's just a, there's just a, or even around the building, mm. the practices get a little, there's a little bit more like a little bit more tension in practice. The coaches are just a little bit, you know, you're, you got the fans, you got, there's more media talk. There's more, and, you know, the media controls everything. In and you got world. the counter yeah. media. If it's a real rivalry, you're oh, going to yeah. get that other size media pouring in exactly. to whatever you're doing. Exactly. You're going to see it on, I mean, if you're on a large enough scale, you're going to see it on, uh, you know, the TV, Sports Center, 
Big Ten Network, whatever, whatever uh, platform is covering it. So, it, it, you know, it's just it's just then then heightened urgency, I would say. Heightened senses. Yeah. It, to me, it's one of the most unique things in sports. And I think that's why sports are one of the most entertaining things. That's why they're so successful here, obviously, in terms of entertainment purposes. is like you get two teams that really don't like each other. The results become nearly impossible to predict. Right. Unless it's like a peewee team versus grown adults, it's borderline impossible. It makes yeah. no sense. You see it all the time with these NFL teams that play each other um, within their divisions. You see it in the conference championship games. The the I don't know. I mean, part of it is obvious. You get used to the other team, so it's easier right. to counter for it. Right. But to your part, I do think that heightened senses is a real thing. Yeah. Like you just really come out to your best possible performance, um, even if you haven't been playing that like all season. If you're an Auburn team who seasons kind of run away. You know, we got Arkansas. We'll kind of get up for this game. But you get that Alabama game, even though the season's kind of a wash, this one means something different. So that heightened senses, maybe that's all it really is. But nonetheless, always an interesting conversation. We got to throw it to break here on What's Brewing with Chance of Brewington. I'm Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. Host is always to my left. We'll throw it to break here. Got a couple more segments on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Back to the ticket weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back in to Ticket Weeknights. Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. Host, as always, Chance of Brewington of the show What's Brewing with Brewington to my left. And again, if you guys ever want to join the show, 402-464-5685. Streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Allo Channel 961. Great way to put a face to the voice. Um, but as we're sitting here right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are dominating in this game. It's 23-9. to it's kind of been the trend of these wild card round games so far. There really hasn't been too many close ones outside of that Rams Lions game. It, it's been kind of a crapshoot, if you're being honest. None of these games have been super close. So this game um, has been interesting. The Buccaneers, they get a field goal, touchdown, field goal. Um, Eagles eventually get one. Then the Buccaneers get another field goal. So now you're sitting at a score of three to 16. Eagles get a touchdown, go for the two point conversion with Jalen Hurts. No good. So it sits at 9 16. And then, as we just saw, Trey Palmer, 56 yard touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield makes a nice man miss as well. And the extra point is good. So now we're sitting at a score of nine to 25. Trey Palmer has his first career NFL playoff touchdown. So shout out to him for the Husker. You also got Jurgens for the Eagles. So you got Huskers on both sides you want to root for. Um, and we're not even mentioning all of them. I, there, there's a plethora of uh, Huskers you can point out there. But with this game, how surprised are you right now? Just see the Buccaneers dominating the Eagles 25 to 9. Do you think it's an X's and O's? Do you think it's Jalen Hurts with the hurt index finger? There, there's quite a few things. But I'll say this much. The Eagles defense, really surprised by. They, they haven't been able to stop them like at all. Um, and that's one thing. If you want your offense to get some sort of rhythm, you got to get their team off the field. It just looks like the Buccaneers are really comfortable right now, getting what they want. They even had a missed, what should have been a touchdown to Mike Evans, went right through his hands. So you subtract that one as well, and they're still in complete control of this game. Yeah, this. let me just watch this. Yeah, we got a replay okay. of Trey Palmer. Just right a little now. out route. Okay, make one man miss, knife. Two miss. Yeah, I like and it. And it's a race. Yeah. So he turns a five-yard out into a 56-yard touchdown after making the first man miss and just beating the second guy on a simple cut. And the rest of the group, good luck trying to catch Trey Palmer when he's in full stride. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. But what I'm, I mean, just just from a quick glance of of what I see is just the uh, the Bucks is sending pressure. Um, Bucks is sending pressure, and, and uh, Eagles are not keeping really anyone in for chips or nothing mm -hmm. um just for pass pro and then um 
it's kind of tough when when Hertz is banged up. You know, is he? He's not. Doesn't look like he's being used in the run game. So that's some uh, you don't really have to account for. Um, so, and it looks like it looks like Baker's playing a good football game. <laughs> Baker's. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is about Baker, but yeah. he's. He's one of those quarterbacks for me that's just he's just incredibly fun to watch. He's kind of up there with Flacco, yeah. different quarterbacks. Who is that player for you? What position? Doesn't matter where, whether it's college or even in the NFL. Who is that player for you growing up um, that maybe you really looked up to? Maybe you modeled your game after or just flat out was exciting to watch. That's why I watched him. In 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 any in any sport? Yeah, you can pick any. You can even go basketball. You know, you can go lacrosse if you really want to go that route. Well, I grew up really watching baseball. I was a big, big baseball fan. Um, I loved, uh, it's such a weird, uh, I mean, it's a weird name, but I had the opportunity to meet him, but um, Josh Harrison. Okay. He uh, played, he played, he was a utility guy for the Pirates um, back in the day. Um, he was, a. he played third base, shortstop, second base. Um, he played outfield, he played whatever, um, but there's, there's, I mean, he's, is he still in the, he's still in the league or no? There's no way. 2023. Oh my gosh. Philadelphia. Oh my gosh, man. 2011 I, was one of his first season. Yeah. I met him when he was, I met him in 20, 2012. So it was the second year with the Pirates. Um, I used to love him, Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte. Um, those, those guys back uh, in the outfield, uh, you know, there was, you know, black baseball players. You don't see a bunch of them. Um, and, and, and those were guys I looked up to. Um, so did you want to go the baseball route? Oh yeah. My, my whole, up until, you know, beginning of high school, I was, I was set. I was going to get drafted out of high school. I'm, I'm, I'm playing, you know, I'm, I didn't want to go to college at all. Really? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. What position were you? Outfielder? Um, well, I, I started playing short. Um, and then I transitioned to third, then moved to the outfield. I was getting a little taller and, you know, whatever. But I was always, always, always a pitcher. Always the the first guy in the rotation. Okay. Always, always. What um, was your arsenal? Um, uh, I had a fastball. I had a two-seam. I had a change-up. I had a curveball. And I was just kind of getting the feel of my cutter, slider, taint thing. I was I was kind of getting the feel of it. But um, had a re- had a had a really good curveball. Um my fastball already has some run to it. So my two seam kind of, you know, I could take some off of it and kind of look like a change up where I could put some on it. Change up was decent. Um, was still getting the feel of it, but you know, fastball was my, my thing. I I'd feel like decent command, but I, it was only getting better. But then I just fell in love with, with, with football. Yeah. Yeah. And because I didn't, I didn't play football growing up really. It was kind of just a recess thing. So what was it about football that made you fall in love with it? Oh my gosh! It sounds um, like you you could have had a baseball career as well. Oh yeah, one thousand percent, no doubt about it. Um, and everyone was kind of upset with me that I did that. <laughs> um, in the baseball community, um, but I my my support system, like my dad and everyone, they were very they were very supportive in in the transition. So the real backbone was still with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was no like, hey, you you know, like there's none of that. Um, so so shout out shout out to to everyone during that time. But there was always like you know like couple guys that put my dad they was always like you know if you quit baseball man like like we like you gonna have to come see me you know what i'm saying so um but yeah you know how hard was that to make the decision then so it sounds like your family 
had opinions, uh, the, your real support, they were cool with either one you picked, but right. sure, still a stressful situation. Or were you pretty confident? Like, nah, I, I have no, I don't, I'm not going to regret this. I'm going with football. I mean, it was, it was tough because football, I don't, I mean, yeah, my granddad played for the, for the Raiders. My uncle played for the Jets, I think. Jets, I think. But other than that, it wasn't like uh, I had a real, real sense of the football community. I didn't really have that. Um, so I, I mean, I was just figuring it out on my own for real, like how, what, what drill work looked like, what weights looked like, what, you know, all this things, all these things looked like. So, um, it was obviously a great, it was a crazy learning curve, but it was crazy because from my sophomore year going, going to sophomore year, they threw me on, I was on varsity for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Except for the, except for baseball, I would kind of go, I'll go up for playoffs, whatever. Right. But, but football and basketball, I was on varsity starting, right? So it, it got to it got to a point where I'm like, why is my my one sport, obviously baseball, the school I went to for baseball was they was the best in the state, right? Mm -hmm. So they had like you're from uh, Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's pretty much like a uh I want to say a baseball haven, right? Like yeah. Arizona's really, really some of the best of the best coming yeah. out of Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the my if I would have just played my junior and senior year out, uh, I I am confident that I probably would have got picked up somewhere. Um, but it was it was crazy. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was such a radical change, and everyone around me had had complete. Um, it, they had reason to be like, "Hey, why are you doing this?" You know what I'm saying? Because right. the the baseball route was was paved. It was it was. I, I grew up playing it at 13 years old. I was playing in the 17 seven. 17 year old 18 year old you know prospect team for the diamondbacks like you, you probably know, had plenty of scouts people that knew you knew your name through through mm -hmm. my dad through all the things that he's done the the foundation that he laid and and all these things then i just took a whole 180 <laughs> and started playing football and really like fell in love with i think it was the contact it was um being able to to compete against someone where i can my physical strength and and dominance and 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 in that way then pitching is different because now you're just throwing a ball mm -hmm. not and, and and it's still one-on-one -on -one. it's still one-on-one -on -one, but it's not the physical component and um yeah i just fell in love with it man yeah it was, it was awesome that's the one thing about football that you're talking about like sometimes just the ability to you're a better skill but i'm gonna outwork you yeah like that'll work like I'm gonna out muscle you. I'm gonna outwork you. I don't care if you're a five star. I'm a three star that put hours in the gym, and I'm gonna get to work. Yeah. Baseball, I don't care if you want it more. If you if you haven't been you know facing a really good pitcher and you don't have the skill yeah. to to hit what he's gonna throw at you. If he's got all the changeups, if you know he's got a fastball over a hundred, like good luck. Yeah. I don't care how bad you want it. You're gonna strike out every single time. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. Funny story. So we're in the uh, training room, um, doing some recovery. And uh, this was two or three days ago. And I'm with uh, a couple of former teammates. And uh, the, we're in, the, in there with some baseball players, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't, you know, I don't tell people, oh, I play baseball. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're playing at power five level. Like, I'm not finna disrespect you and throw my right. my high school. The smart thing to do. Right, yeah. It's just, it just kind of, in my eyes, kind of pathetic, right? Mm -hmm. So um, they were saying, like, you know, asking them, oh, they pitch, whatever, right? Um, and I, I grew up baseball. Like I could, I could go right now, man, this is all humble. This is just truth. I could go right now and teach a pitching lesson right now. 
I believe it. 100%. Because I, I was with my dad and, and, and seeing all the things that he was teaching people and, and all the knowledge I gained from that. It was like, it's like second, it's second nature. I'll never lose my form ever. Well, you, I mean, for the most part, it's safe to say you grew around it, right? Like oh, your yeah, whole was life in, was around baseball when, early. Like. Yeah. And like I said about the Josh Harrison thing, my dad was a scout for the Pirates. So every, you know, every other weekend we were, you know, going to Pirates games if they played the Diamondbacks or, um, you know, and I got to go in the clubhouse, meet the meet the coach, meet McCutcheon, McCutcheon like, hey, you want a bat? I'm like, I want a bat. I could swing. I don't want you to sign it. Like, that's how <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I want something I could I could go and, and, and take BP with. But that being said, we was in the hot tub, whatever. And they said, hey, you know, you guys should step in and take some uh, uh get some live reps like sit in and and uh and and get some swings in, up against them and i was like oh my gosh i would <laughs> i would love that i would love that but i didn't but the whole time i didn't tell them that i played no baseball or none but uh yeah obviously it's a different level in college but uh, that would that would make my whole year man yeah absolutely and that's the thing where well we're gonna have baseball here pretty soon with the nebraska baseball team and yeah. that's one if you haven't watched nebraska baseball or even the softball team if you're not the softball team I'm not worried about the attendance there. We've talked that we're going to have Jordy Ball as a pitcher. Her, her stats at Oklahoma don't lie. I don't expect too much different from her. Um, maybe there's some chemistry things. For the most part, I'm expecting big things from the softball team, baseball team to continue to develop. But yeah, when you you kind of talk about that, it seems to be with like a lot of those athletes, baseball seems to be the one that got away for a lot of dudes. Mahomes, same thing. He could have been a baseball player. You talk to Eric Strickland. He could have been a baseball player. Um, you talk about... Um, Oh man, I'm I'm forgetting on the guy Clyde Cade Warner. I'll have to look that one up. Mm. He played. He had an option. He could have done NBA. He could have done NFL. Um, he could have done the third one. I believe might have been NFL, NBA, or MLB. And wow. he had the picking at all three. And wow. baseball is a tough one. And uh, I'm always curious why people tend to sway away from that route. You know, maybe it's because the longevity of it is kind of hit or miss. Especially if you're playing that pitcher position, mm -hmm. that can be tough with the injuries you can build up. But Nonetheless, plenty more things to talk about here on What's Brewing with Chancellor Brewington. I'm Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. Brewington to my left, host as always. Don't go anywhere. We got one more segment on the other side. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weeknights. Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. We got NFL on the TV here above us as the Buccaneers continue to make uh, what has been somewhat of a lackluster wildcard round. There's been good stories. I think the most fun I had was probably watching that Lions-Rams game, uh, the Packers game. It was funny to see the outcry from the Cowboys fans with Jerry Jones. Um, that is just a disaster that's waiting to happen. Well, let's just focus on the Cowboys as we wrap this thing up here, because at a certain point, it's called insanity. If you keep doing the same thing and you keep getting the same results, they're taking it to an all new level. It, first round exit. Yes, the Packers are looking good, but that doesn't excuse the defense that you saw. I mean, at one point in time, um, I, I can't remember. I believe it was a uh, tight end that they had wide open on a route and he sat there um, forever. He was wide open. The ball hangs in the air. He catches the ball. He turns around. He still has time to run into the end zone. When you're looking at the Cowboys, how drastic of a moves do you think they're going to make? Is McCarthy gone, the head coach? Is Dak Prescott gone, the starting QB? Does Jerry Jones need to move on from ownership? Is it a Jerry Jones problem? Which he won't. He won't move on. But if that's a problem, 
I mean, that maybe that's something that needs to happen. What do you see with this Cowboys team? If they need to change things or if they need to keep steady, what would you do? Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. How long has McCarthy been there? Four years, five years? Uh, I want to say he's going on year five. Let me yeah. double check, but I think you're correct with year yeah. five. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. And I know, I know based on the Cowboys and, and their success in the past, I know they want to get back there. I just don't know what piece they're missing. Is it consistent quarterback play? Is it is it a uh, structure of team? Is it coaching? Is it uh, offense play call, defensive play call? Because um, it look it, on paper they got the pieces. I would say on paper they got the pieces. They got a really good receiving core, um, a good back in Pollard, um, a, a good quarterback, a good old line, mm-hmm. um, a really strong front four, um, a really good front seven, and great DB. So it's kind of like. What are they missing? Like, what? What's the? What's the? What's the piece? You know, is it? Is it mean to say they're missing the Nebraska? What Nebraska's been missing? Just the ability to close out games when you have all the pieces. Yeah. So what is that? What is that piece? Is it mental? I mean, this is the kind of a Nebraska question too, right? right. Because there's years we have the talent on paper it says we should win, and for some reason, even when we're winning the ability to close out the game is where it slips away. Is that something Mm -hmm. that needs to be taught? Something that's practiced? Something that naturally occurs within the culture once those things start to happen? Right. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I've been a part of those teams where it's like, we're doing everything right though. It seems like we're, 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 that three win season was definitely that team for me. It's like, I didn't see the guys not giving effort. I didn't see the guys really making blatant, horrible mistakes other than, the occasional turnover at the end of the game, which it wasn't even you could pick one guy. Right. It's just, it's it's tough. It's tough. I would say it's a combination between coaching and, and it's just, a, I feel like it's an out of sync. If that, if that makes any sense, there's an out of sync between the coaching and the players and the game plan. I just feel like there's an out of sync and maybe there's a, there's a lack of trust in the game plan. There's a lack of trust in the structure and the, and the culture. Um, so, but w- but what happens if you bring in one of those uh, former player coaches in there uh, to the Cowboys? See, that's where I think that's where the magic is. Yeah, like you get a former player, they can start to build that belief in the roster, especially a guy who's like went to a high level. Bring Dion in. Do you think Dion's leaving? No, <laughs> no. Bring, bring, pay him the top dollar. He might leave. He might. I mean, with him, I, I'm saying this much. If I'm Colorado, I'm watching his kids. And if his kids transfer right, or they right, graduate, right. I'm calling Dion. Right. Like, hey, what do you think? <laughs> Just give me a heads up. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll wire you your money. But oh, nonetheless, man. we're going to get out of here. This has been What's Brewing with Chance of Brewington. The host is always to my left. Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.